So I want you to bring to mind, um, I want you to bring to mind, is there a, if I ask you about your house, the home, the place, the apartment, the place that God has given you to live, uh, what is the most meaningful room in your house, the most significant room, the room where everybody wants to be? You know, I don't know what comes to mind or what, what memories come to mind or what significance about the, the, the place comes to mind. You know, perhaps it's the dining room because you like to eat or perhaps it's the dining room because of family games and memories around the table. Perhaps it's uh, the uh, bedroom because you need to take a nap. Perhaps it's the family room, again, because of a cozy fire or reading a book or what, what's the most significant meaningful room where you live. Did you have something come to mind? I'm guessing that nobody ever thought about the hallway. If I ask you what was the most meaningful place, the most significant place in the place where you live, I don't think we really have hallways come to mind, and yet hallways are pretty important, aren't they? All those important places in the house that we like to be how do you get there? Oftentimes in, 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 our, in our homes, it's a hallway that gets you there. It helps us get to where we want to be. It helps us get to those significant places. And so here's the comparison I want to make this morning and really for the rest of the summer. Uh, in the Christian life, as we follow Jesus, where do we want to go? And yes, I'm talking about, yes, eternal life with, with, with God in, the, in his presence, in the new heavens, the new earth, but really also, who do we want to be? What is the, what is the destination of our Christian life? Where, where is our journey leading us? Well, here's a couple of scriptures that came to mind. 2 Corinthians 3 tells us that we are being transformed. We are being made new from the inside out. We are being changed into the image, into the likeness of who? of God's son, Jesus. That's, I think that's our, our destination, so to speak, as a, as a Christian. Our journey is taking us toward Christ-likeness. God working in us and through us and transforming us to be more like Jesus. And 1 John 3 uh, says these incredible words, that when Jesus returns, when, re, when Jesus appears, when we see him as he is, the Bible says we shall be like him. That blows my mind every time. Now, hold on. The caution is, it doesn't mean we'll be like him. He's God. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God himself. It doesn't mean that we will be God, but it means that like Jesus, we will have glorified bodies that are free from sin and decay and death. Can I get an amen? Amen. We will be like him when he reappears and we look him in the eyes. The Bible says we will be like him. We will have glorified bodies. And like Jesus, we will be without sin. Can you get your head around that one? This is the process of our earthly life following Jesus is is a fancy church word called sanctification. This is a word that means that as we follow Jesus, we are being changed to be more like Jesus. God, by his spirit, working in us, changing us and transforming us, giving us new heart and new desires and new attitudes, a new life as we learn to live for him, by him. So this summer, for the rest of the summer, we're saying, what are the hallways that take us there? This is our new teaching series this summer. The hallways where the Holy Spirit is active. Um, I think... 
if we have that slide, there you go. I didn't know if I could see it in the back or not. We're, we're asking God to show us this summer, this teaching series, we're calling Hallways Where the Holy Spirit is Active, because we want to put ourselves in places where God is at work, so he can grab a hold of us and, 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 and do his transforming work in our lives. So if grab your Bible, open with me to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we're going to start at, at verse 16. So whether you have your Bible with you on your lap, and, uh, or you get out your device and open your Bible app, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 16. And I was already up here earlier, and now I'm up here again, and I haven't yet said, in case you don't know me, my name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here at Faith Church, and it's good to be with you, and it's good to look into God's Word together. So find your way to Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to take a look at a few verses, starting at verse 16. Okay, Galatians 5, 16 and following. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Now, when it's talking about the flesh, what are we talking about here? We, we might get a picture of just our physical body, and it's really not exactly what's being referred to here. What's more being referred to here is not so much our physical body, but our sinful nature, our proclivity, our tendency to live for self, to live for what seems good, feels good, what, what, where our rebellious hearts want to take us. That's our sinful nature, our fleshly desires. And, and, and just to be clear, our desires are God-given. God has created us in, in, in so many creative and unique ways. And, and even the desires that we have are God-given. But there are, as we're going to see in this passage, there are times when we have kind of these over-desires. Our desires run rampant. Our desires sort of out of control. Something that God had in mind that is good, but our, but, but our sinful nature is causing these over-desires. So let's continue with the passage, though. Back to verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is, this is the beginning of our passage, and here's the couple things we just read. Walking by the Spirit, as we learn to walk by the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us, He will help you win the battle against your sinful nature. He lives, He has the power over sin. He has the power to help us live for him. And as we are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not under this old way of having to, to uh, meet God's righteous expectations. We are not under the law where we have to match up to these religious rules and behaviors in order to please God, in order to find forgiveness. No, we are not under the law. We've been set free from the law. We've been set free not to do whatever we want. That's what we like to envision when we think of freedom. When we hear the word freedom, I'm free. We just sang it, I'm so free. We like to think I can do whatever I want. No, we're free to honor Jesus. We're free to live for him. We're free from having to earn his love to being saved by, by God's grace 
through putting our trust, our faith in Jesus. And so uh, before we consider these hallways, what are these hallways? Before we consider these hallways that lead us to spiritual growth, I want to ask this question. Do you need transformation? Do I need transformation? I think the passage will make it abundantly clear. Let's keep going. Here, the Apostle Paul, a church leader who's writing this letter to the Christians in Galatia, he writes this, starting in verse 19, about our over-desires. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. You know what's rough about that list that's on the screen and in our, in our scripture passage there? These are, these are what come natural. If left to our own, if left to our own resources and our own sinful nature and our selfish tendencies and, and our skewed desires, our inordinate, over-the-top desires gone wrong, these are the things that come natural. Now, um, we taught through here at Faith Church back in 2018, we taught our way through, we studied our way through this whole book of the Bible, this whole letter uh, called Galatians. So I'm sure that all those sermons are crystal clear in your memory, that you have a distinct memory of everything we learned as we studied our way through that. So I'm sure I don't have to remind you that what I said then was these acts of the flesh that you saw on the screen are, are indicators of spiritual danger. The presence of those acts of the flesh in our lives are indicators of spiritual danger. Why do I say that? Because if we continue in the passage, verse 21 says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at those lists again. Where does God want to transform you? And I know, be careful, because our tendency as we look at a list like this is to think of other people who need God's transformation. And, some, and the other thing that we have a tendency to do when we look at a list like this is we have a, a tendency to stack them up from what we perceive as worst to what's not so big a deal. But does the scripture seem to do that here? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So which of these, or, or more than one, is God at work in you? Does God want to transform you, make you more like Jesus? Because the acts of the flesh are indicators of spiritual danger. But, as the passage continues now, we're going to see that the fruit of the Spirit, the presence of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is an indicator of spiritual growth, that we are being transformed, that we are being made more like Jesus. So the, ver the passage continues in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
Ask God to show us what is true about us, what he is doing in us, what work he is doing, where he wants to transform. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. These are what should be true of the life of a Christian. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit are these spirit, Holy Spirit grown, empowered characteristics of a Christian. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have recognized that you can't save yourself and you have called out to God, recognizing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he lived, died, and rose again, and that Jesus is the way to God, if you have become a Christian by submitting your life to following Jesus, then you are a follower of Jesus and you have the Spirit of God living within you and the Spirit of God is doing this sanctifying work, this progressive work over the course of your earthly journey of making you more and more like Jesus, and that'll be completed when? When Jesus appears and we look him in the eye and we shall be like him. The fruit of the Spirit are these Spirit-grown, Spirit-empowered characteristics of a Christian. These are things, are these things that just we try hard and we pull off? We might think we do, we might think we can, but, but well, let me say it again. What these are, are spirit-grown, spi- Holy Spirit-empowered characteristics. These are produced in us by God. What that previous list I said was what comes natural, that previous list, that scary list, was what comes natural if left to ourselves. These are supernatural. This is God at work with us. When these things are true of you in your life, in your journey as a believer in Jesus, it's because God is at work in you. Looking at these then, ask God to show you where, where he wants to work, where he wants to transform, where he wants to grow you. Which of these is not coming naturally? Which of these needs supernatural production in your heart and life? The longer, here's the interesting thing about the fruit of the Spirit. The longer you follow Jesus, he will produce all of these in you. The longer you follow Jesus, it's not like he's just going to give you one fruit of the Spirit. The longer you follow Jesus, he will produce and make these things true of you, all of them. Are they all true of us right now, all the time, perfectly? No, but as he is sanctifying you and transforming you and making you more like Jesus, these will be the increasingly true characteristics revealed by your life, by your heart and life. Because the acts of the flesh are indicators of spiritual danger, but the fruit of the Spirit is an indicator of spiritual growth. So do we want to... um, do we want to lean on what comes natural or do we, do we need supernatural help? Where are you as a follower of Jesus? Are, are we stagnant in our journey with Jesus? Stuck kind of the same place we were as a follower of Jesus last week or last month or 10 years ago? Or um, are we growing? Are we increasingly transformed? Let's see how the passage, our passage in Romans, I mean Romans, Galatians uh, 5 
completes here. Let's go back to Galatians 5. Here's verses 24 and 25. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, the sinful nature, with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So here's what we have to take a look at for the rest of our time together this morning. This encouragement to live by the Spirit. What does that mean? Why are we encouraged to live by the Spirit or walk with the Spirit? Because living in step with the Holy Spirit starves sin and cultivates Christ-likeness. I think that's what we can see in verses 24 and 25. First, in verse 24, we get the reminder that you, follower of Jesus, me, as a follower of Jesus, must crucify the flesh. We must put to death our old self, our old selfish tendencies, our old sinful ways, our old rebellion against God, our own choosing our right way. We need to crucify it. We need to put it to death. And that starts with repentance. That starts with turning to God and saying, I need, I'm getting rid of my old life and I'm turning to you, Jesus, for your help and your work in my life. The first thing there, as we crucify the flesh and put to death our old self, is to repent, to turn away from sin and turn to Jesus. And repentance is not just a one-time thing but an ongoing process of coming to grips with our sin and our need and where we fall short of God's glorious righteousness and turning to him in repentance yet again. And the other thing I would encourage you to do, if we're going to crucify the old self, if we're going to put to death the sinful nature, the other thing I would encourage you to do, we've talked about this before, is we've got to starve out sin. Verse 24 uh, is encouraging us that, that those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh, put to death its passions and desires. So repentance once and repentance again and again is crucial. And church family, and I'm preaching to myself here too, do whatever it takes to cut out the sin, to run from it, to flee, to, to kill it, to put practical boundaries and limits in place, to have accountability, people that know who you are and what you do and what you think. Do whatever it takes. What is the sin issue that you struggle with? Perhaps it was one on that list of, of the sinful nature or it's some other sin, sin problem that you know bubbles up out of you all too often. Whatever that is, do whatever it takes to cut it out, to kill it, to put it to death. We need to do that. But are we on our own to do that? You're not on your own. It's not about your effort and trying hard and seeing if you can overcome sin. Because verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Yes, we, we need to repent, we need to starve out sin, but we also have an opportunity to cultivate Christ-likeness. We also have an opportunity to continually be transformed, to, in, to submit ourselves to this ongoing sanctification process. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, we must continually pursue the ways of the Holy Spirit. Whether you've been a follower of Jesus for a week or 40 years or somewhere in between, we need to continually pursue the ways of Jesus, 
pursue submitting ourselves to hearing from the Holy Spirit so that he can do his transforming work in us. And here's where we need, here's an important, important um, note. There's no keeping in step with the Spirit if you're not a follower of Jesus. So, so we're going to talk about why living by the Spirit is so important, what it looks like to keep step with the Holy Spirit, what it looks like to put ourselves in hallways where the Holy Spirit is active so he can fill me and empower me and change me and sanctify me. But, but there's no keeping step with the Spirit if you're not a follower of Jesus. The gospel is the spectacular good news that God rescues sinners like you and me, that he takes us out of sin and death and brings us into life with Jesus and life in God's family. The gospel good news is that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Our salvation and and our transformation is not our work. It's not our effort. It's not us trying hard. We don't earn it. Our salvation comes as we receive God's free gift of salvation that he offers you and that you are invited to simply believe, to put your trust in Jesus, to recognize that you can't save yourself, but that you need Jesus, that Jesus is who he says he is, the son of God, who lived the life that we cannot live, who died the death that we deserve, and who was raised again in victorious resurrection of the dead, proving that he is God, proving that he conquered sin and conquered death, and that you too can have life as you trust in him. That's the gospel good news. And, and you can't keep in step with the Spirit out there, church family, if you're not already a follower of Jesus. So if, if, if you want to know more about following Jesus, about giving your life to Jesus, about realizing that you can't save yourself, talk to any of us that are leading here at the church, uh, a, a follower of Jesus that's near you. Talk to us so we can tell you about the change that Jesus has made in our life and how you too can follow him. And as we follow Jesus, as we trust in him, the spirit of God lives within us. The Christian God is a three-in-one God, a oneness and a threeness, both true at the same time. If you don't understand that, ask the Christian near you afterward, and I'm sure they can explain it to you perfectly. The God of the Bible is a Trinitarian God we believe there is one God who, who exists in three persons, God the Father, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And as you, as God the Father, has purposed to rescue you from sin and death, and you have put your trust in his son Jesus, then the, then the God himself, the Holy Spirit, lives within you, makes his home within you, empowering and enabling you to live for Jesus. And so we receive, as you, as you receive Jesus, as you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit is our sanctifier. The Spirit of God is the one who is transforming us from the inside out. So then we need to learn what it means to live by the Holy Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. How do we keep our daily lives submitted to the control of God, how, where when the Spirit leads, we go there. When Jesus says it, we do that. We want to live in step with the Holy Spirit because, as we've said, living in step with the Holy Spirit starves out sin and cultivates Christ-likeness, makes us more like Jesus. So when we think about 
keeping in step with the Spirit. I want to give us a visual picture. So my friend Marty's going to come up here and help me out. All right. So Marty, you've done some acting in your days, I know. Yeah, I still do. Well, today you get to play the Holy Spirit. No pressure. Yeah. I'm up for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoa. I'm going to stand further away from you then. Okay. So Marty is going to be the Holy Spirit, and I am going to be follower of Jesus trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Okay? okay? All right. So we're making our way, and I'm trying to stay in step with the Spirit. We don't have enough room. I know we don't, but you know. Here, can we move this? No, 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 no. I'm trying to I'm keep starting. in step with the Spirit. Oh, you didn't start yet. No. See, now you're breaking stuff. We need more room. I was giving you the room in front. I was going behind. Okay. I'm not keeping in step with the Spirit very well. Okay, now it starts. Okay. Should we go back the other way? No, 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 no. Oh. This is the leap of faith right here. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Hey. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Believe it or not, that was totally unscripted. Can you tell? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Now... I was attempting to keep in step with the Spirit. Did I do so perfectly? He was ahead. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted to do in my life. I didn't know I was doing my best to keep in step. Do, are you going to do it perfectly? But we get the image, right? That the Bible urges us to live by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. So the idea is, if Jesus says so, I want to do. If the Spirit of God leads me, I want to listen. If the Spirit of God convicts me of sin, I want to pay attention to that and, and, and walk with the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. And so hopefully that gives us an, a, a, a visual of our, our heart's desire to keep in step with the Spirit. And so how do we know what to imitate then? How do we know what the Spirit wants? How do we hear from the Holy Spirit of His transforming work in our heart? What do we follow? What do we obey? Well, here's what I want to suggest in this series this summer is that we put ourselves in hallways where the Holy Spirit is active. We want to put ourselves, if, if our, remember back to the rooms in the house and which is significant and where are we headed, where do we want to be? Well, as if, if our Christian journey is wanting to get to that, that, that transformation into the likeness of Christ, and we know that won't be a completed process until when? Until Jesus appears, until he returns. We see him in the eye and we will be like him. But until then, it's a process. And so we want to put ourselves in hallways where the Holy Spirit is inactive, where these hallways will help us get where we're going. Now, here's an important question. Do we need to put ourselves in these hallways? Or do we already have the Holy Spirit living within us? Yes, and yes, I would say yes to both. And here's what we, I would love to, in some ways, have us look up a couple more scriptures and take a, a, a detour here and, and, and get this all um, with a few scriptures behind it. But suffice to say, for this morning, here's what I want us to rem be reminded of. The Bible teaches that followers of Jesus are indwelled by the Holy Spirit from the time 
of our conversion. When we trust in Christ, we are saved, we become a Christian, we are adopted into the family of God, and we receive the Holy Spirit of God living within us. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit lives within you, period. Got it? Okay. So the Bible teaches that, that we have the Spirit of God living within us if we're a Jesus follower. And then Ephesians 5, uh, the Apostle Paul, writing to Christians, he's writing this letter in Ephesians to Christians, and he says to them, do not get drunk with wine, do not be under the influence of wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So here, Church leader Paul, writing to Christians who already have the Spirit of God living within them, yet he is encouraging them, urging them to be filled. Put yourself in a hallway where the Holy Spirit is active. Continue to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. Continue to submit your life to the Spirit's ways so that he, that he can continue this sanctifying work in us. And then in Ephesians 5, uh, after he says, be filled with the Spirit, he then describes what a, a, a Christian's life filled with the Spirit looks like. Because living in step with the Holy Spirit starves out sin and cultivates Christ-likeness. I want to reflect, have you reflect on something for a minute. If you have seen, if you're a follower of Jesus who has seen some spiritual growth in your life, and I hope you have, if you have seen God take you from out of desires of the flesh and you've seen him take you out of that and into increased fruit of the Spirit, if you've seen spiritual growth in your life, I want you to think about this. When you tell your story, if you were to tell me or if you were to tell someone near you your story of knowing Jesus and following Jesus, would someone listening to you, um, who would they think the hero? Wow, that wasn't supposed to happen. When, uh, when you tell your story about following Jesus and someone was listening to you, who would they think is the hero of your story? Do we make God the hero of our story? Or does, it, or does the way we tell our story come across like, I did this, and I got out of sin, and I stopped that behavior, and I started being more kind? Do you see the difference? Who's the hero of the story? Who does the transforming work? God. And so the hallways, we're going to do this for the next several weeks this summer, is talk about these hallways. But I, what, I, what you need to know is that the hallways are not about our effort are striving, uh, trying to do a math equation. If I just do this, if I just put myself in this hallway, then I will be transformed. It, it's not a math problem. It's not a this and, and then that. It's not uh, our efforts trying to make ourselves more spiritually healthy. But this series, The Hallways Where the Holy Spirit is Active, each week we have an opportunity to um, consider a different path of putting ourselves where the Holy Spirit is. We have a different opportunity. To, uh, uh, some would call these a spiritual discipline of ways that we submit ourselves to God as ways we can hear from God. We want to put ourselves in a place where the Spirit is active so that we can be filled 
and we can be transformed. And um, this is what we're going to do for the next several weeks is consider what these hallways are. But just so you even have a quick glimpse this morning, here's the kind of things I'll give you an example. What do we know to be true about the Bible? The Bible teaches us that the Spirit of God carried along the human authors of the Bible. So the, the Bible is a place, is a hallway where the Holy Spirit is active. Are you with me? So when we put ourselves in God's word, we're putting ourselves in a hallway where the Holy Spirit is active. We already have the Holy Spirit living within us if you're a believer, but as we desire to be filled, as we desire to submit to the Spirit, as we desire to be increasingly transformed, we put ourselves in these hallways and the Bible is one. With me? What do we know does the Bible teach about prayer? One of the things that the Bible teaches about prayer is that when we talk to God, the Spirit of God does what? Intercedes for us. When we talk to God, the Spirit of God is connecting our hearts and our minds with the heart of God. And so prayer is a, is a hallway where the Holy Spirit is active. And so when I put myself in the posture of prayer in talking to my heavenly father, the spirit is interceding for me, praying for me, praying on my behalf. I'm in a hallway where the Holy Spirit is active and I'm giving myself an opportunity to be filled and be transformed. Does that make sense? So for the next several weeks, each week we're going to consider one of these hallways. And, and these hallways are opportunities to grow. Don't miss this one real, right here at church family. If you're here every week of the series and you hear all these suggestions about all these hallways, what I don't want is for all these hallways to weigh you down with a burden, with, with like feeling ashamed and like I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't grow in Christ. That. I, that's not what we want. We want to go over, we want to talk about these hallways, and then we want you to ask God, hey, Lord, show me, what's one of these hallways, or what's, what's a couple of these hallways where you want me to grow in Christ, where I could put myself in these hallways more often than I do now? Does that make sense? This isn't a series where every week you come and you hear about a different hallway, and then you think, I got to do that now, too, I got to do that now, too, I got to do that now, too. Okay? The more time in the hallways, the better we know how the Spirit is leading. The more we keep in step with the Spirit, the more like Jesus we become. Because living in step with the Holy Spirit starves sin and cultivates Christ's likeness. And so then as we become more fully devoted followers of Jesus, we'll increasingly follow God's ways over our own ways. Learning to live by the Spirit means that we will have this opportunity moment by moment, day by day, walking in step with the Spirit, being transformed and changed and sanctified from the inside out for the glory of Jesus. Father in heaven, you are so good to us. Father, you are a good and loving and merciful God. And this morning, we want to give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, we have a tendency to be stuck in our sin, to be uh, absorbed in our selfish desires and our sinful nature. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us stuck there. Thank you that you have purposed to rescue us through Jesus, that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, you have offered us forgiveness of sin, and instead of us having to earn your favor, you have 
you have pursued us by grace. You have offered us salvation by your grace. And, and as we have put our trust in Jesus and, and begun the, the walk, uh, the Christian life, God, you, you by your grace and through your spirit, transform us from the inside out. So God, as we follow Jesus, as your spirit works in us, help us to starve out sin. Teach us to walk in step with the spirit. Show us in, the, in these coming weeks the hallways where the Spirit is active. Lord, show us where our life with Jesus can, can grow and can be changed and can be benefited by putting ourselves in these hallways. Show us, Lord, what you have for us today and each day as we look to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.